We owe this freedom of choice and action to those men and women in uniform who have served this nation and its interests in time of need. In particular, we are forever indebted to those who have given their lives that we might be free. Ronald Reagan. Today on the Champion Forum podcast, we celebrate Memorial Day by honoring the fallen. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Often confused with National Barbecue Day, Memorial Day is the day we honor the military heroes who paid the ultimate price for our country. While leaders in business do not typically risk their lives for the mission of their organizations, there is much we can all learn about leadership from those in the military that did. Jeff, I know this is a topic that means a lot to you. It does. It does. I wanted to, uh, you know, do. I don't know if a podcast episode does any justice to honoring people that have, uh, you know, given so much for our freedoms and have paid the ultimate price. Uh, but I come from the school of thought that anything and everything that we can do uh, to honor people that have sacrificed their lives mm-hmm. so that we can do what we do, I'm going to take every chance I can to do that. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, you hear the saying all the time or the, in the conversations, like, how do we best honor uh, people? How do we best celebrate uh, Memorial Day? You know, I think just drawing awareness to it, mm-hmm. uh, educating about it. Uh, my space happens to be leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I do. I help businesses. I help people develop as leaders. And so here we are at Memorial Day 2021. And uh, I want to build this episode around how we can learn more about the principles of military leadership and uh, really honor you know, some of those traits and characteristics that mm-hmm. I think we can adopt in our own lives as leaders as well. Perfect. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to dive right into it. Memorial Day, uh, by the the time you're listening to this and it's launched, Memorial Day is only a couple of days away. Uh, And to to Lem's point, uh, what's usually uh, mistaken is National Barbecue Picnic Day. Uh, It's Memorial Day. Here's another thing Memorial Day is not. It's not Veterans Day. Uh, We have a day for that. Memorial Day is that day that we remember and honor the fallen. And, you know, I, I think uh, I, I read a, an article recently that did a really nice job uh, talking about, you know, the parallels between leadership and Memorial Day and people that sacrifice. And uh, I, I saw some, re- some interesting things in this article, and I wanted to share some of those with you, as well as give some of my perspective on the subject. And uh, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share what I believe to be great leadership traits possessed by military leaders that we can all learn from. And as I present these, I want to challenge each of you to really dig deep for self-awareness and assess what are the areas that you can be intentional with as you improve as a leader. Uh, There's great examples of great leadership out there and many that have come from the military. And the first one, the first attribute that, uh, or, or thing that I want to talk about that I think makes up a great leader is preparing to win. Uh, 
You know, Colin Powell once said, there, there are no secrets to success. It is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. I think that's well said. So it begs the question, are you putting in the time and effort to properly prepare to win at your craft? The military doesn't practice combat drills during a war. They practice combat drills for a war. Victory is always won on the practice field. This is why preparation is so important and why I have it as the number one thing, preparing to win. So look at yourself. Look at your team. Are there adequate tools? Are you properly staffed? Do you have robust training and development? Do you have great coaching and mentoring, not only for you, but that that you're making deposits in for your team? Because we know that victory is won on the practice field, getting ready to do it. You know, I think so many times, back to basic training, whenever I joined the military, and how many times we would do things ad nauseum, uh, preparing. Why? We were trying to build muscle memory, not only from a mindset and a culture standpoint, but also from an action standpoint. When it comes time for battle, what you don't want is to be thinking about what you need to do. You want to be reacting to what needs to be done. How do you get that? You get that on the practice field. You get that preparing for the right time, preparing to become the obvious choice. You don't wait for the time. You prepare for it. So how are you preparing your team to win? Number two is selfless service. John F. Kennedy, we know this quote very well, but he said it best when it comes to selfless service. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. So many times, and this might not be politically correct to hear, but we're looking for the handout. We're looking for what's in it for me. We're looking for what can you do for me. When great leaders are looking at what can they do for others, how can they serve? And in 2021, I can tell you this, servant leadership and empathetic leadership has got to be at the top of the list. We need servant leaders. Are you working in the best interest of your organization and the people that you lead? Or are you looking for what they can do for you? You know, the days of um, uh, what I do for you is a paycheck on Friday and what I expect in return is blood and sweat. Those days are over. They're gone. You will not win with this type of a mentality. It's not going to happen. You have to make deposits. We know uh, this in military. Armed forces personnel put the welfare of the nation and their team before their own. When you put the mission of the organization and the needs of others before your own needs, success is inevitable. Success will take care of itself. There is a tremendous need for servant leadership. Our missions require us to take withdrawals from our people. There's no question. As leaders, we're going to take withdrawals. That's the nature of business. That's the nature of success. We have to take withdrawals. We need more from our people. We need faster. We need quicker. We need effort. We need, we need, we need. There's no end to the need that we have of our people. The question is this. Are you making the proper amount of deposits to earn the withdrawals? We have got to be selfless leaders. Number three, perseverance. George Patton, who is one of my favorite military leaders of all time, said this. He said, I don't measure a man's success by how high he climbs, 
but how high he bounces when he hits the bottom. Wow. Wow. You know, what he's saying here is, is that, you know, uh, someone isn't really measured about what they do when things are great. They're measured by what they do when things aren't going well. And, and here's what we know about battle. Here's what we know about warfare. Here's what we know about the military. You can't prepare for some of these situations, which is why being instinctive and creating this mu- muscle memory is so important. You know, Muhammad Ali said it best once when he said, you can do all the training in the world, but it all goes out the window when you get punched in the face. That's when all of this perseverance really starts to come in. Are your obstacles winning or are you winning? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. And even through these times of, of craziness and of change and of setbacks and of adversity and of high turnover and of competitive pressure and all of these things, are you letting your obstacles win or are you winning your obstacles? We're going to be measured, as, as General Patton said, most times we're going to be defined by how we handle the challenges. Perseverance is something that gets you over those hurdles. There has not been a lack of adversity in the last 12 months. The greatest leaders are the ones who have the proper perspective and the mindsets to drive through the adversity. Perseverance, frankly, is the backbone of the U.S. military. Our armed forces have endured a very long tradition of perseverance and overcoming adversity in the pursuit of victory. Every leader is going to face obstacles on the way to success. The ability to persevere and overcome these obstacles rather than retreat and quit is one of the attributes of a great leader. Because here's what we know. Success is all uphill. We know this. And so knowing that, we have to have the right perspective in perseverance. You hear me say it all the time. You're going to get paid in proportion to the problems you can solve. Solve big problems, earn big pay. Well, if you're going to solve big problems, guess what? That can get exhausting. It can get tiring. You ever hear the saying, it's lonely at the top? It's true. It can be lonely at the top. It requires a level of perseverance. Perspective is critical as as we drive towards perseverance and seeing things from a different lens. Having what I like to call leadership composure in the most challenging of situations. Perspective is knowing that there's someone on this planet that is praying for your biggest problem. Think about that. And I know we all have different challenges and adversities, and I'm not talking about like poor health and things like this that are dire, but I'm talking about business challenges. There's people praying for your business challenges. There's people praying for the opportunity to be understaffed in in a big company. Like that is a privilege to a lot of people. Let's put these types of things in perspective and really understand uh, what the opportunity is. So we have to have perspective in adversity. Here's a couple of points on adversity to give you this composure that I'm talking about. You got to understand, one, that adversity is temporary. Two, adversity can be your greatest teacher. You ever hear the saying that you can learn a lot by touching the stove? I have found that to be absolutely true. I have learned way more in adversity than I ever have on the mountaintop of success. We can learn a lot by what not to do and how to pivot, adjust, and go back again. This is going to require a severe level of perseverance. The other thing about adversity is it can often reveal the good. 
We've seen this in this crazy pandemic. We have seen this in many different areas of humanity rising up to help or, or, or play their part. Napoleon Hill stated it well in his book, Think and Grow Rich. Every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it a seed of equivalent benefit. Do you believe that? Have you found that to be true? I know I have. It's really a matter of perseverance and perspective. Number four, accountability. This is, this is that leading by example point, right? Norman Schwarzkopf, quite frankly, uh, General Schwarzkopf is the reason I joined, one of the big reasons I joined the military. When he was leading our military in the first Gulf War, and I would see his, his press conferences and, and, and hear different things that he was doing, man, I, this guy just became, became magnetic to me. But one of his trademarks was accountability and leading by example and walking the talk. And here's what he said. True courage is being afraid and going ahead and doing your job anyhow. That's what courage is. Whoo, that's good stuff. You know, it's okay to be afraid, but accountability and in leading it in, as an example, this true courage is being afraid and pushing forward. This is true accountability. Are you taking responsibility for your results? Military personnel take personal responsibility to fulfill their obligations and to perform the duties as part of their team unit. They see their person to the left and to their right as valuable. They see the person to their left and to their right as somebody that they don't want to let down and can't let down and will not let down in the most dire of circumstances. Is there fear? 100% there's fear. But courage says, I'm going to look fear in the face and I'm going to push through it. Great leaders have great accountability and they lead by example. There are leaders that make excuses, and there are leaders that make results. Which kind of leader are you going to be known for? There is always going to be a level of resistance. We've said this plenty. However, as leaders, we have to set the tone for driving performance. We're either going to talk about the problem, or we're going to talk about the solution. This reminds me also of a, a great military leader, Colonel Joshua Chamberlain, who led the 20th Maine. I've, I've given this example in the past. This was the Battle of Little Round Top. You talk about perspective. Colonel Chamberlain and, and the 20th Maine went from 1,000 men at the start to 300 men at the day of the battle. Here they come, all proud, from, from the great state of Maine, 1,000 strong. And here they are at the Battle of Little Round Top, and they've been depleted to 300 men. That means they lost 700 fathers, brothers, uncles, you name it, gone in the field of battle. He was positioned at the farthest left flank with his men. Had his line failed that day, it was going to be devastating. The South would have swept through like dominoes, and it was most likely it would have changed the outcome of the war. And wait, it even gets a little more challenging because he finds out that he is going to be going up against the rebels from Alabama. And, and the, this, the, these folks from Alabama, they were known for vigilance. They were known for intensity. You talk about a little bit of intimidation. You talk about a little bit of fear. They made three charges. At, at the 20th Maine and nearly depleted them. They were, the, the 20th Maine was depleted of men. They were depleted of ammunition. And, 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 and Colonel Chamberlain rallied the troops to hear them say, hey, hey, Colonel, we're, we're out of ammunition. 
We haven't eaten in days. We're tired. Some of them were wounded. And at that moment in time, Colonel Chamberlain stepped up and said, listen, I understand that the situation isn't ideal, but you also have to understand that victory on this hill is not an option. We have to win because this isn't just about us. This is about democracy. This is about representing the, our great state of Maine. This is about representing the union. And, and guys, listen, even more importantly on this hill, we get an opportunity to fight for freedom. There are men, women, and children right now counting on us to win this battle so that they can be free. And we're not going to let hell or high water stop us. And somebody yelled out, yes, but Colonel, we have no ammunition left. And upon hearing that, Colonel Chamberlain said these famous words, fix bayonets. Not an ideal option, not an ideal solution, but he was out of options and losing was not an option that day. Fix the bayonets. And they did. This not only preserved the union, but it preserved democracy. Was it ideal? No. Did they do what needed to be done to secure the left flank? They did. Thank goodness we had a leader like Colonel Chamberlain that was leading the charge. Whether you refer the South or the North, it's irrelevant. This is about great leadership and having courage in the face of less than ideal situations. Leaders that are accountable and lead by example don't focus on what's been taken away. They focus on what they have left to use. That's what we have to do. Yes, there's going to be things taken away. Yes, there's going to be competitive pressure. Yes, there's going to be economic pressure. Yes, yes, yes. Things are going to happen. Are you going to focus on what's been taken away? Are you going to find the resources that you have left and find a way to win and rally your team and motivate your team and engage your team and train your team and develop your team so that everybody can lead in what they're called to do? Sometimes, you got to fix the bayonets. Do what you say you're going to do. Don't expect others to do what you haven't done or aren't willing to model out. Number five, attention to detail. Maybe one of my favorites. Dwight D. Eisenhauer said this, when you are in any contest, you should work as if there were, to the very last minute, a chance to lose it. This is battle. This is politics. This is anything. Man, work to the last minute as if there was a chance you could lose. This, what that means to me is that no matter how much of a commanding lead that you have, you do not stop. You do not quit. You have such attention to detail and such competitive urgency that you feel like even if there's a slight delay, it could cause you the victory. It could cause you an ability to win. It could cause you a foothold in what you've been called to do and the goals that you've established for yourself, your team, and your organization. So let me ask you this, leader. Are you paying attention to the details that separate great performers from average ones? Are you fostering this culture within your team? As with your own results in the military, it comes down to execution. It comes down to execution. The, the military trains for attention to detail. Everything from uniform inspections to shine boots, uh, room inspections, the tight bed covers, the proper grooming, it's aimed at attention to detail and executing with precision in anything that we do. 
And here's the deal. In the military, not paying attention to detail can result in death or defeat. On the job, not paying attention to detail can result in an unhappy customer, losing a customer, uh, losing them to the competition. It could be the loss of a great employee. We can never despise the details. You know, I remember showing up to basic training and the, the, there was only twice that I saw my drill sergeants in their, in their dress uniforms when they picked us up and when they dropped us off. And I thought that was pretty amazing. You know, this attention to detail, what they expected, they modeled it out. You know, I remember looking at the, the standard operating procedures, all of the field training manuals, you know, all of these things, things had a place, you know, and, and there were days that I was like, why does it really matter that my socks are specifically in that spot in the drawer? Is that going to make me a better soldier? The reality was it was never about the, where the socks went. It was really never about how shiny the boots were. It was a culture that was being created. It was a sense of urgency that was being created. It was saying that we're going to do things. Uh, we're we're going to pay attention to the small details. Because here's what I've learned about greatness. Greatness is, is found in the details. And if you can take care of the details, man, a lot of small things added up over time, they create great cultures and they create winning organizations. Never despise the details. If the average person isn't defining you as over the top with details, you're probably not doing it right. I can tell you this, people think I'm out of my mind with the details. And at times I am. I'll be the first to admit it. But I can tell you this, if I'm going to err, I'm going to uh, I'm going to err on being meticulous. I'm going to err on excellence. Man, I would much rather uh be accused of being uh, you know, too too grossly involved with the details than not at all. Matter of fact, I look at a lot of people as casual and uh, whatever will be, will be. As leaders, we cannot have this type of mentality. We have got to have structure and we've got to move with urgency. Seek perfection. Do what others aren't willing to do to get what others will never have. When you take care of the small details, the big picture paints itself. We've got to take care of the details. Those are my five points that I wanted to share with you today in commemoration of this Memorial Day and honoring some of these leaders that I quoted today and honoring so many others that have paid such a big sacrifice. Take these attributes and win. You know, since the Revolutionary War ended, 646,596 American troops have died in battle and more than 539,000 died from other non-combat related causes. Um, and probably, uh, you know, again, that was one resource. There's probably more than that, maybe less. Here's the point. It's a lot. It's a lot. Over the years, a lot of veterans have described the reasons they volunteered to serve. Many admitted that they were afraid of dying in combat. No one ever asked them if they were actually considered the odds of dying. They just went to fight anyway. They just did it. Whether you're a leader at your company or not, adhering to the traits of our military heroes can help you achieve greater levels of success. I also feel very strongly that living to our fullest potential is a great way to pay tribute to those that sacrifice so much for us. I want to close this episode by giving a very heartfelt and sincere thank you to every fallen soldier 
and their family. We are beyond grateful for them. It's because of them that we are in a much better position to be champions in this life.